This episode of the Proceedings Podcast is brought to you by the members of the U.S. Naval Institute. Our members write, debate, and discuss key issues that ultimately strengthen the Navy, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard. Benefits include a subscription to our award-winning Proceedings Magazine, discounts to over a 1,000 titles from books published by the Naval Institute Press, and graphic novels from Dead Reckoning, a discounted subscription to Naval History Magazine, special invitations to conferences and events, and access to 146 years of archival information such as historic photos, oral histories, and so much more. For more, go to usni.org join. Hey everyone, welcome back to another From the Deck Plates edition of the Proceedings Podcast, where we take time to dive into topics and explore perspectives, opinions, and experiences from a variety of enlisted naval professionals. I'm your host, Paul Kingsbury, retired fleet mass chief and co-director of outreach for the U.S. Naval Institute. And today I have a U.S. and today I have a U.S. Coast Guard flavored guest. His name is Adam Levine. His name is Adam Levine, and he was the author of a November USNI blog piece titled, Is There a Storm Coming? So Adam served on active duty in the Master at Arms staff, and he has a bachelor's degree in public health and is currently working towards completing a master's degree in exercise science. So Adam, welcome to the Proceedings Podcast. How's life going these days and what's been up with you? Hey, thanks for having me on, Paul. Um, so things are going Things are going well. I actually knocked out that master's degree you mentioned. Um, got that all finished up in physical education and coaching. Awesome. And Congratulations. Thank you so much. And now I'm in the process of gaining those observation hours to get back into school for um, physical therapy, get into school for a doctor of physical therapy. So, yeah, just knocking out a few, few prerequisites, getting those observation hours, and hope to be back to school here in, I would say, about a year. Okay, and when you published this, I think you were still on active duty as a seaman, like I mentioned, as a master at arms. Um, but I, I take it from our discussion, you're out now. How was your experience in the Coast Guard? Oh, awesome experience. Met some, met a great group of guys, uh, hard-driven guys. As we're going to get into some of those rescue swimmers that I was able to surround myself, and a really motivating group of guys, and met some great mentors throughout that entire process that have helped me from. Anywhere from my finances to life decisions to you name it. Awesome. So overall, a good positive experience as the military can be for many young men and women. So, all right, let's, let's dive into your article. So the first thing I always like to ask is what prompted you to write this article? Is there a storm coming with Capital Storm? And what and cover down on the problem you, you identified and give us a little background on the as-is. Yeah, for sure. Um so I think it all started out from a young age. Um, I just always been fascinated with human op- human optimization and how can we get this complex system that we call our body, how can we get it to perform its best both physically and mentally day in and day out? I think it was 2018 I was reading a Rand Corporation article on the effectiveness of the Army's um, Thor 3 program, which stands for Tactical human optimization, rapid rehabilitation recovery, one of those crazy military acronyms. um, Anyways, I was reading up on that, and uh, this had me wondering, why is the Coast Guard, why have we not established a solid program like this for our rescue swimmer candidates? I began listening to the the comments from the, the 
rescue swimmer candidates, the guys training to go to ASDA school. And why don't we have something like this at Trace in Petaluma? And then doing my own research on what the what the and I started doing research on what other military branches were doing to overcome any kind of problems with their programming or how do we um, keep the selection rate high with these members. Okay. So what were you a rescue swimmer or what drew you into this rescue center community just because you were stationed out where the school is and you had peers and friends that were rescue swimmers? How did you get involved in that specific line of work? Exactly. Um, the So they, this, I think a lot of the issues that are coming about with this program is because the program is so new. We actually had one of the first uh, rescue swimmer candidates come through Trace and Petaluma in this new program called the Annex 10 program. Okay. And he, he was the intro boy to this whole program. And I really got grew close to this uh, rescue swimmer and he, he ended up completing school and everything, but I, he, he would just, we would sit together and we could kind of find, find pick through this and try to gain through, how could we make this program better? And, you know, um, one of those big problems was, um, the length of the program. Um, they hand you over this packet, this paper packet, and then say, here, read through this, figure it out kind of deal. This guy is brand new to the, the, the show and he's trying to figure it out, read it on this piece of paper, follow this program to a T and he's there, you know, the program's only designed for about 16 weeks. And I've seen guys there, you know, with all the hiccups with, um, flight operation, um, physicals and things along the, they run into little medical issues and guys can be at, uh, stationed at Trace and Petaluma for upwards to a year and a half, two years. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like Naval Nuclear Power School that I went through. It's you know, it's a long time of training before you get there. So, so, um, so you're getting this feedback from I take it you know not just this person but others. And then, to what extent did your educational background kind of inform your writing on this and your perspective? When it when it comes down to the exercise science and the proper programming for these guys, that's where it really um, started what's going on here because as i said that length of that program um that length of that program kind of fizzles out and then you get all these young guys in there that are trying to design these programs that are very unstructured unguided there's not a lot of oversight from the senior um ast that's stationed on board trace and petaluma and his oversight of the rescue swimmers is just considered a collateral duty they're usually up at the EMT schoolhouse, either uh, helping out there or they're in the in-doc program for all the oncoming students and having the oversight and running the rescue swimmer candidates through their program is a second second job for them. It's not where I would like to see someone come on board, whether it's um, someone fresh from the from ASTA school that's, you know, knows how to how this program is ran or we bring on board um, uh, National Strength and Conditioning Associated Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, a CSCS, okay. and bring on someone like that that can help take off some of that load of the AST, the senior AST station on board. Um, maybe the senior AST runs the rescue swimmers through their work or their water base, their water con, and then 
we have like the certified strength and conditioning specialists running them through a structured program, you know, uh, they call them macro cycles and meso cycles. And we, you know, there's highs and there's lows in that program and there's tapering off. And it's very well designed for instead of these workouts that these guys are designing where, oh, I got to one up you. Oh, I got to one up you. It's just this like big flex on each other kind of deal. So, okay. So you are proposing a program. I think you probably came up with this called storm stands for survival technician, optimization, recovery, and mobility. And in your blog piece, you wrote that Storm is a complete system that enhances overall that enhances overall athleticism by integrating program design variables such as resistance and aerobic training, nutrition, mental performance protocols, and solid movement skills foundation. So you're looking at a pretty holistic um, um, factor here, and you said that's lacking in the current program for a variety of reasons. So. You know, let's get into some of your recommendations on these different components. So starting with the functional fitness piece. Yeah, totally. Um, we'll bring it back to, um, you know, getting the CSCS on board. Um, someone that's going to come in there, give you a guided, structured program, get you those foundational exercises. We got guys coming in there. They don't even know. They barely lifted a dumbbell or a barbell before they just know the water inside and out they're true watermen they mm-hmm. they can lap the next guy in the pool and we're getting guys from across a broad spectrum uh we got guys in there they're in, more endurance athletes we got guys strength athletes d1 swimmers we got d1 football players coming in there and you know if we need to have these guys have a broad to be able to perform at a top level, yes, you need to be confident in the water. Yes, you need to have that water con, but they need to be able to perform picking up gurneys, picking up backboards, all that stuff needs to come into play. And with a good sound program, um, you know, with your base uh, lifts, kind of like some good deadlifts, squats, things along those lines where I think a lot of guys are overlooking you get some young guys in there as i said they don't really have a lot of experience in the weight room so they're making these unguided unstructured programs okay and this is uh, an area where a structured weight program isn't currently part of the curriculum it's more just come as you go and do your own thing or is there some kind of is it body weight um, type of exercises what's the current as is Yes, definitely uh, a body a body weight program is in place right now. Uh, there's a bit of uh, some kettlebell training, and you know kettlebells are great. But when, as I said, when that program runs out, you got guys, you know, just making up their own thing and going on from there. Um, okay. And it it just turns into this beatdown every day. It just turns into a beatdown of the body that I I know. And uh, anybody that's in that realm of exercise, strength, and conditioning has an understanding that you can't just beat your body up day in and day out. Yes. So, you know, um, yeah, I I work out with free weights and I have for a while and that's where you induce the the microtrauma, but where the growth happens is during the recovery and with nutrition. So let's get to that next component of nutrition. Where's the shortfall and what's your recommendation? Yeah, well... um, I think it just comes back to, um, you know, no, nothing there to help these young guys. Um, you know, you've got a few that come in. They have an understanding of how they need to fuel. They need to eat probably far more calories than you and I ever need to eat. These guys are putting themselves, you know, they're going at it every day, getting after it. 
And you got guys coming back and they run over to the vending machine and they'll put in uh, two bags of chips and, you know, maybe drink a Gatorade and they, they think they're good. And it just it's it was cringy for someone with my background to see something like that. And I would just um, and with those unstructured, unguided workouts, you got these guys, um, you know, going up at different hours. You had like an a.m. squad and you had a p.m. squad. And you had them, you know, they are kind of out of sync with the, the lunch hours on the Trace and Petaluma. So you got guys, you know, if you didn't make your own lunch, you may be in crap for lunch. Um, if you didn't make it back in time for, you know, the lunch hours on base. Because Trace and Petaluma, I'll be honest, has a pretty pretty nice galley. So um, they, they, they have good quality food there. So but, this um, is more of an educational thing then, right? Because the food is available. <laughs> it's just the choices aren't being made to the... Um, the right choices aren't being made, you're saying. For sure. And I, I think, you know, uh, with a CSCS on board, they have a, a good background in, you know, how to help guys weed through those. Um, you know, it's more than just throwing down a protein shake after your workout. You need those carbs in there. You need all your nutrients, vitamins, minerals. You don't just, it's not just hammering down a big uh, chocolate protein shake and calling it a day. Yeah. And I would love to see, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, day every day you go in and see a nutritionist or anything like that. But I would love to see maybe um, once a month uh, a nutritionist, a dietitian comes in and helps these guys dial in a program for themselves, a, a nutrition and uh, what they should be eating, how much they should be eating. Guys would come to me and, you know, I can run some numbers in, you know, this software that I've been exposed to, but, you know, what goes on from there and you know they move on and it would just be nice to see you know um where things would go with the proper nutrition and the levels we could see yeah so one of your visions here is you're trying to align ast as kind of the elite program on the coast guard side um comparable to seals and soft is that kind of the level you're looking at because i know seals have nutritional or nutritionists that help them and they have physical therapists and they have these resources is that kind of your vision Exactly, Paul. Um, I, I, I don't think these guys should be treated any less um, than, you know, what I've seen from these guys. They shouldn't be treated any less than, you know, what we're seeing uh, both the elite forces in the military branches or, you know, these Olympic level division one um, athletes. I think, yeah, we need there needs to be a support, a large support staff around these guys that both take the burden off of senior ASTs that aren't um, you know, assigned directly to them. They'll take some pressure off of them where we get the CSC involved. We get um, a nutritionist, like I said, comes in um, maybe once a month, works with these guys. And a big part, Paul, I think is the mental aspect. We really gloss over that. I think um, I think that's really something these guys are putting themselves in these environments that we probably have nightmares about. They're putting themselves into and these young guys, you know, we're not, I don't know if we're preparing them the right way for some of the stuff that they're getting themselves involved to. And I think a great way to introduce some of that is it's called stress inoculation training, sit training. Okay. And so we start, you get a CSC involved and you slowly start ramping up those stress levels. You put them in these little bit different uh, situations. Maybe you're shutting the lights off in the pool, you know, just add a little bit different stimulus in the pool and then 
you know, we, you know, we take away their sight, we take away the sight completely, maybe like black out their goggles or something like that. Just get them comfortable in these um, very stressful situations where that, yeah, we, we don't know what, we don't know what they're going to get involved in, but just to get them where, where is it coming inside of you? What, how do you tame that beast that wants to say, tell you to quit or that says, oh, like, you know, yeah. I need to focus on the mission, not worry about all this, all right. this around me kind of deal. So one thing that just came to mind for me, you know, when you think about these things. So, you know, we there's movies that talk about SEALs and fighter pilots, but there was a Coast Guard movie, right? The Guardian with Kevin Costner that talks about this. So is if I'm an uninformed person on this program, that's the schoolhouse you're talking about. That kind of thing. Is that the right thing? You got it, Paul. Yep. That's a good, good example of what, what these guys are getting involved in for okay. sure. And basically that's the level of training. That's the current as is you would say now. Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, I just thought that was important for some, uh, if anyone's ever seen that movie to help frame you know this conversation so all right let's get into rest and recovery um you write that about that as a component where's the shortfall there and what would your recommendations be on that component yeah um paul i'll bring it back to that you know that go 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 mentality it's never um you know dial it down it's always you know maybe one guy when you get into those unstructured unguided workouts you get these guys um, you know, always trying to one up each other. And then it never, it's just an endless cycle of, uh, just beat down. And it's never, you know, as I said, like a CSCS will design a program that has those peaks, that has those all out, give it your all. And then, you know, you kind of taper off, you, you level things out for a little bit and you ramp it back up. And then you make sure when they're about to leave, for ASTA school that they're peaking they're both peaking both mentally and physically they're ready to go they're at their peak shape they're not all beaten up and worn down going into school you want to be in your best shape both mentally and physically going in there and I think another realm that I think we need to dive into um, that storm would involve or a similar program would be a meditation aspect getting uh, there's tons of evidence out there that uh, can show the importance of a proper or a structured meditation program. There's tons of apps out there. We wouldn't need, you know, you don't need to sit down with a professional every day to do a meditation practice. There's tons of apps you can throw on, um, you know, a sound system and get all the guys in a dark room. You just kind of lay down, run through your thoughts. These are all guided. They'll help you, you know, get through any kind of stressful environmental things that are going on in your life um i've seen great results from it myself um and then maybe we get um coming back into that mental aspect maybe we get these guys to sit down with maybe a medical professional once a month and then uh the senior ast and you get them in a round circle and just ask them what are like what are some things that this program can improve on what are some things you guys are going through in this program just getting them a, a good mental um standing a good mental ground to work from okay and then your last component was the rehabilitation piece um you do cite some stuff here you talk about you know related musculoskeletal conditions and injuries in the military in 2006 were you able to nail down the impacts to coast guard specific and frankly to this program specific to inform your article um let me see if i can i had a little bit of information on that paul um 
Um, I don't think I have specifics on that. Okay. Um, I think I may. Um, so you basically just you know you know just translate and said, hey, across the military, this is an issue. So you know, to some degree, it's going to be an issue within the AST program. Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, and we're seeing uh, the data shows that you know with these. We, we already know in swimmers you're going to have there's you're bound to have um, rotator cuff tears and then once those guys go out there's it's 20 percent that a, a re-tear is going to happen so we need to focus on um, both developing the shoulders and the scapular region and going from there uh, to keep these guys both having proper mechanics and proper flexibility and dec- and so we can increase that rotator cuff strength and the core strength and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, so you're getting in the physical therapy realm here. You would suggest having a physical therapist there. Is that a, currently a gap or is that something you recommend? That, that we do have a physical therapist on board. I would just love to see a more, um, like, uh, working together kind of, uh, feel there. Um, but maybe if we had a CSCS on board, you're working with the physical therapist because you get these guys, they may taper off when, if they got an injury or something along those lines, they'll taper off for maybe a day or two, but then they're, they're right back at it. They're, you know, and then I understand that their pain is part of the game, but working through injury, it should not be a part of the game. And in okay. my understanding of everything. So you're talking rest, recovery, rehabilitation. You're talking nutrition. What do you say to the people that are going to say, Adam, you, you know, this generation of snowflakes, they got to toughen up. You know, it's not the way I went through it. You know, this is a demanding program. It requires toughness and it should be led in a tough way. And if you can't cut it, you got to get out. What that, that opinion is out there. So what would you say to that? I think we need to, um, we need to understand that these guys are, we, if we want them to perform at the level that we want them to, we need to, um, we need to offer them the same quality and quantity of care afforded to NCAA, Olympic, and professional athletes. Um, my hope and vision for this program um, is I just would like to influence the rescue swimmer community in such a way that this type of training becomes a way of life and not just something. All right, go ahead. Um, this training becomes a way of life, not just something that is finished and forgot about during the physical training hours. The mind and the body are the foundation upon which the skills needed to become a rescue swimmer are built. This is often overlooked when the focus is constantly on new equipment and technology. When one strips all the badges and the snorkel and the awards that tell the rescue swimmer that he or she is special or elite. All that remains is the rescue swimmer's mind, body, and soul. And without a solid foundation of mental thought process and functional movement to build upon before, before adding the extras and then the chances of mental and physical failure come into play, Paul. Okay. So, Awesome. Yeah. So that was, uh, I think you captured that piece in your closing part of the article. Um, so I think you did a good job laying out some stuff here, right? Um, so what's been the response to your article? Have you heard from any Coast Guard leadership on this? Any, uh, you know, when you were on active duty, any of the students that were going through the program? So I, I kind of tossed it around with a few 
of the guys in the rescue swimmer program, got some feedback from them. Um, I brought it up to some senior ASTs. They kind of, you know, scanned over it, gave me a few tips on there, but nothing really developed from there. Um, we had an innovations program in at the, um, at Trace and Petaluma, kind of any new great ideas. Um, they would have you put it in this portal and you'd forward it up the chain and it, it got some, it got a little bit of traction there. Um, but I think it ended up making its way over to Elizabeth city and fizzled out or fell through the cracks there. And then, and then I submitted to, uh, the Naval Institute. Uh, I, I saw you guys had a essay contest and it was more specific to the coast guard. And so I said, Hey, I already got something like, I already got a good idea and I worked on it a little bit more, fine tuned it, made it more acceptable for you guys and sent it on your way. And you know, you guys ended up posting it on your blog and here we are today talking about it. All right. Yeah. That's a good point to discuss. So even when people submit for the essay contest, yeah, there's uh you know, cash prize awards for the top three places in any of our essay contests, but just because you don't win one of those doesn't mean that you don't get published necessarily. So we do go through those, our editors screen those and we look for maybe not a, you know, if it didn't place, we still find a place for topics, um, such as the blog or a follow-on articles in Proceedings Magazine. So I was glad to hear that you had entered in that contest. Um, yeah, I was hoping to get your rating force mass chief to join us. I sent him a note, but I wasn't able to connect with him because I think it's always important to connect writer to you know program manager or resource sponsor who can offer an insight um, and maybe give the other side of, hey, we've heard that. You know, obviously there's a cost side to this all the time, right? So when you start talking about making changes, part of it is being able to have the idea, but also to be able to develop the, hey, what's going to be the cost and the return on the investment? That's part of it too. But uh, um, it is what it is for now. So, all right. Uh, any last thoughts you want to offer or any, any encouragement you would give to people who are considering writing or have a thought uh, and how they can use forums such as the Naval Institute to get those thoughts out? Just go for it. You know, if you think you have something, a good article or a good idea, just just go for it, you know, and see what develops. I, I never thought I'd be sitting on this podcast here today with Paul and, you know, just just go for it. And my my comments on, you know, where I think Storm, where I would like to see Storm go or the AST program is, you know, maybe maybe try a two year pilot program at Trace and Petaluma and track the data. And see where it goes from there. If your if your numbers are staying the same or they're getting better, I would just love to see something like that for those guys because I know what they put themselves through. Okay, awesome. All right, Adam, thanks for joining me today. My guest today has been uh, former U.S. Coast Guard Seaman Adam Levine. Adam, thanks for putting pen to paper and daring to disrupt and make a positive difference using the U.S. Naval Institute Forum. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, and good luck to you in the future uh, and uh, in this field of getting uh, your PhD eventually. Thank you. Thank you. And his blog article was called, Is There a Storm Coming? It was published in November of 2020. Uh, and if you want to stay informed of things like that, I now have a To the Deck Plate newsletter that highlights all the articles written by enlisted able professionals and then things of interest specifically to them, promotions and opportunities. So I will put the information and in, in how you can subscribe to that newsletter in the episode description. But thanks for joining us for another From the Depth Plates edition of the Proceedings Podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the Proceedings Podcast. And leave us your thoughts and comments in the episode description. Until next time, remember, 
Victory begins at the Naval Institute.